Tired of conflict, drama, fighting, and people problems? Are you ready to learn the simple skills to improve all your relationships and make them thrive? Well, it's easier than you think. Relationship Radio brings you practical advice to be your best and improve your life. We break down the complicated problems and make them simple and easy. And when you know better, you can do better. Here are Master Life Coaches Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles. Welcome to Relationship Radio, where we make healthy relationships simple and easy. You can know better and do better. I'm Nicole Cunningham. And I'm Kim Giles. Now, I'm excited today. Again, we're talking on today's show what not to do when parenting. Now, we've written this show really about teenagers, but I think that the content that we're going to be sharing with everybody today is really parenting in general, but we are going to focus on teenagers. We're going to share with you today and teach you the behaviors that you have that push your teenagers away, that break your trust with them, and that create this disconnection. What it is that you do that mucks this relationship up, Kim? Yeah, and I, and I want to say starting out, uh, it may start to sound like you are the problem and that you need we need to fix you in order to fix the relationship you have with your teen. And I just want to clarify, obviously, it takes two to create a problem and, and we're each 50% of it is what we believe. Um, the problem is that you're the adult. And so w- we are expecting that you're the one who has the most power to fix the problem. So we are going to be talking a lot about what you can do different because you have way more power in this relationship to set the tone and to determine how much connection is there. And and we want to actually empower you today to really claim that so that you can be the best parent you can be. Yeah, I think that's the whole message behind Relationship Radio, Kim, is let's work with what we can do instead of feeling so disempowered by what it is that we can't do. And that's really the premise of the 12-shape relationship system, is that we have a system that is so basic, it's simple psychology, we've made it simple and and, uh, applicable to everybody that there's 12 different types of people in the world. And when you know who you're in relationship and you with, and then you know how they are, they understand, you understand how you are, all of a sudden it's like taking the lid off these relationships that are just in pain and suffering in our lives. And we can actually look at it with some an- analysis and we can feel like we have a plan and that we're equipped with tools like never before to say, okay, I don't want to suffer any longer. I want to understand it. And that's the whole thing. Once you know better, you can do better. Once I understand what's going on, I have half a hope of changing it. So, Nicole, for our new listeners who've never listened to Relationship Radio, you hear us talk about the shapes. And what we're referring to is the 12 Shapes Relationship System. And you can go to our website, 12shapes.com, to learn more. But basically, there's 12 types of people in the world. We call them the 12 shapes. They're circles, triangles, squares, rectangles, arrows. And when you understand what shape you are, and what shape each of your children are, you understand what the problem is in the relationship and how to fix it in a very simple, clear way. So we encourage you, if you don't know your shape, to definitely go to 12shapes.com and take the survey and find out because it, it's life-changing. It, you know, Nicole, one of the things that's really helped me with my teens is I have three that are very similar shapes to mine and then I have one that's a star that's very different from the rest of us and and it's helped me to not expect her to behave like the rest of them to let her be who she is and not you know not put that unrealistic expectation on her I want to say 
Yeah, I love that. And I think the bottom line is, is that when we're talking about parenting, we all want to feel like we have the upper hand. We want to feel like we're doing a good job. There's no one like our children to trigger us to make us feel like we're not good enough. But at the end of the day, we only have them on loan. They're in our life to teach us, not just for us to make sure that they're obedient and they're towing their lines and, and they're doing the right thing. This is an opportunity for us in our life to grow. It's an opportunity in our life for us to learn new things, to be challenged. And so a lot of people that we talk to, um, either in our clients through coaching or at our events, they'll come up and they'll tell us about the heartache that they have with their kids. But what we teach people is that that heartache is an opportunity. And that is an opportunity for you to become your best. It's an opportunity for you to see them differently. And so really, we believe here at 12 Shapes that we have to allow our children to blossom and develop into the people they are. But it doesn't mean that they get to get away with murder. (laughs) You know, they still have to have boundaries and they have to be good, well, law-abiding citizens and and be good to people and all of that. But we have to drop our own story and our own attachment to who and what they are. Yeah. You know, um, Nicole, we talk a lot about this philosophy idea that life is a classroom. And I've always had the mindset that I'm here to teach my children. I'm the teacher and they're the students, right? Um, and, and this has been really mind blowing for me to turn that around and recognize that we're all teachers and they're here to teach me just as much as I'm here to teach them. So, I mean, it it changes those interactions because I see them as my chance to learn, not just their chance to learn. And I, I, I'm sure that's a little mind blowing for somebody out there who is hearing this for the first time, but it really changes how you parent when you recognize that. You're the one who's here to learn and do better. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's a really important part of what the 12-shape relationship system does is it gives back people their power, but it also shows us shows them the role that they have because every single one of us, regardless of what we do and who we're in relationship with and our age and our stage of life, we have to be accountable for what it is that we participate in. So let's get into some parenting basics. Before we talk about the stuff that all of us are doing that's actually sabotaging our relationships with our teenagers, let's get started with some parenting basics that we really want to lay down first before we get started. Okay, so the first one is you must earn their trust and a place in their life where they can come to you and and they'll share things with you. It's something you've got to earn. It's not guaranteed just because you're the parent that you're going to have that respect from them, that you're going to be connected, that they're going to trust you and bring things to you. You really have to earn a place, and you do that by by being a safe place that they can come to. And we talk a lot on the show, Nicole, about how fear drives all of our bad behavior. And and the truth is, when you're on in fear, you're worried about yourself. You're in kind of a selfish place. And so... As a parent, when I'm in fear of either losing my child or looking bad or or feeling like a failure, all of those fear things often create an unsafe place for my child. So when they come to me, I'm reacting out of my own fear and I'm not able to show up and really give them what they need. And when you consistently do that, you, you're not earning that that place as their safe space to go to. Now, another big part of this is that the life is different for these kids. They have a connection to answers uh, just through Google. You know, their thumbs and their smartphone is instant gratification for them to get the information 
the knowledge and, the, and you know, to do the research that they need to do. Gone are the days, Kim, where you would go and ask a parent for help because you needed help. You've got Google. You've got Siri. So in order for a, a parent to really compete or participate even in being the one that, that has any kind of influence, they have to be the safe place. And this is something that, that is achieved over time. Now, the number one thing that we hear in our, all of our um, work with our teenagers, Kim, is that I just wish my parents would hear me more. I wish they would listen. And the second thing they hear is that, you know, I, I, the reason I lie is because they can't handle the truth. Now, those two things are really what you're talking about here in that if you can't handle the truth, they're not going to tell you. <laughs> you know, if you're going to blow up and have a big exaggerated response and you're not going to be that safe place for them, they're not going to trust you with their sec- secrets and when they get in trouble. And the second thing is that if you are, are not a person who's going to be modeling good, healthy behavior, it's going to show up. It's going to start influencing that relationship. Oh, that's so true. I I think it's it's interesting. We hear from a lot of parents who say, my teen doesn't respect me, too. And and I always ask them, how much do you respect them? And the parents look at me like, huh, that's not, that's not expected. This is about them respecting me and the fact that I'm the parent. But respect is a big part of that. I, I feel like I can't expect my teens to really respect what I think and feel unless I'm willing to respect what they think and feel. Now, that doesn't mean I always give them their way, but it does mean that I'm always willing to listen to their perspective and hear them out and look for the good in it and validate them. And that's part of creating this safe space. If, if you talk more than you listen, you're not a safe space. You're not really showing them that, that they can set their stuff aside your stuff aside and really show up for them. Now, hearing and listening are two different things, Kim, because we can hear them all day long, but we're already formulating our response, which is, I don't agree with what you're doing. You're up in the night and you're not seeing things accurately. And that's exactly the place where we parent from when we're in fear. Instead, what we're talking about here is that you need to be listening. We all need to be listening and listening in a way that we dropped an agenda. Now, this doesn't mean that we necessarily agree with them all the time. We don't give them what they want, but we definitely make them feel like an equal. And it's those teenage years are a tricky time, Kim, because the power shift begins to, sh- to change a little. It shifts to one where they feel like they know better than you. And they want just as much influence and say over their life and their boundaries as what you have had. And so there is this time normally between 14 and 16 and you'll feel it differently with every child because of their maturity. And that's very closely linked to the 12 shapes and, and where what shape they are how mature they actually are behaving at particular ages. And you can get more information about that from us. But really this shift, it comes where we actually start treating them a little bit like a peer. We respect them. We hear them and listen to them like a peer. Now, it doesn't mean that we have to give them their way and we don't have to agree with them, but we treat them as if they would be a friend and an equal. I know. Okay, so I know I've shared this story on on the show before, but I use you as my measure to some degree. So if I ask my child to do the dishes and they don't do them, I, I like to imagine if Nicole was staying with me for a few weeks and I'd asked her to do the dishes and she hadn't done them, how would I speak to her about it? What kind of things would I say? How would I bring it up and ask her about it? And it would be so respectful. I would really want to actually know what's been going on with you the last few days and are you okay? 
where with my kids, I would have a tendency to just talk down like they're the bad guy and they they didn't do what they should and I don't care what the excuse was. I would treat them with so much less respect. So I try to imagine how I would speak to you and then speak to my child the same exact way. And it's it's a, an amazing way to just kind of watch and check yourself for that kind of talking down. And I love what you said, Nicole, because I think around 14, 13, 14, kids start to truly believe that they're as smart as you, if not smarter. And they honestly believe that. And so about that age, when you start talking down all the time like they're dumb or, or beneath you on some level, they really get offended, and that breaks that connection. So even though you know that their frontal lobes aren't fully developed and they aren't as smart as you, you have to take into account that they think they are, right? This, now, this is a critical piece. Until the age of 23, the emotional capacity and the logic capacity to reason and to see A versus B scenario and to troubleshoot and problem solve, it's not developed in the frontal lobe until 23, so this brings up an interesting piece. What are your expectations? Now, we all have desires for our kids. We all want our kids to be better than what we were, to do more with the opportunities they've had. I'm sure we've all heard that come out of our, our mouth at some point, Kim, and thought, goodness me, I sound like my mother. But, you know, this is, this is what we want. We want our kids to be good people. We want them to have healthy self-esteem, to contribute to society, to be trustworthy, full of integrity, all this stuff. But these expectations are our own. And so we have to really look at this and say, well, am I allowing them to be who they are choosing to be? Are they learning from their own mistakes? Are they learning about the world? Or am I continuing to create this unhealthy, safe um, safe place or safety net almost, uh, a molly-coddled little bubble where they're not actually learning from life because I'm protecting them? Oh, yeah, that's really true. But, but Nicole, don't you think every parent, when we have this cute little baby and we start to raise them, we've got all kinds of ideas about who we want them to be and the way we picture them turning out. And that funnels up a lot of parents because these babies are their own people. And they very often have a whole different idea about the kind of life they want than the one that you had. And it's hard. It's hard to let go of that. And, and it recognize is. it's not your life. It's theirs. And they, it they is. choose it. Yeah. yeah. And so the, be- the best we can do really is to actually set our expectations aside and set boundaries instead and, and watch them determine what is important for them and follow. When they have something they're interested in, they have a passion, follow them. Instead of creating this big smorgasbord of expectations or obligations, we follow them. And that's a really hard thing for a lot of parents because you're asking me, Nicole, to trust, to trust them and their their little juvenile mind. Yeah, we are actually because if you remember, you were there once too and the freedom that they're fighting for so much is actually just permission to explore. Oh my gosh, totally. So, Nicole, we've talked on the show before about my daughter and her tattoos, and I haven't even had a chance to tell you my other daughter got a tattoo this week. Really? Yes. Cool. She came home and, and flipped up her shirt. Look, Mom, I'm, I got a tattoo. And, and I just have to say, again, um, that's one of those things I didn't expect my, my teenagers to have these tattoos. But the first time one of my children got one and came home and showed it to me and said, look, what do you think? 
I knew that was a really pivotal moment in my relationship and my connection with that child. And at this point, telling them, you know, I'm not sure by the time you're 40 or 50, you're going to be happy that you did that. It's too late. They already got a tattoo. They have it now. So um, the, the right answer to that question is, oh, my gosh, it's so cool. I love it. You're so beautiful. Um, because really, there's times we have to let go of our expectations if we want connection, and connection is so much more important. I want to have connection where they feel safe and they can talk about anything with me more than I want them to meet my expectations. Does that make sense? I think in, I think in this day and age, Kim, we have so much fear about and misunderstanding about what they're actually going through too. We're so desperate to be that phone call. And, and you've heard me say this to so many parents that we've worked with over the years, uh, that if you are going to be that parent, that, that first phone call when they're in trouble, you earn that place in their life. And that's really what we need the most. I think a lot of parents think of the teenage years as something we just have to endure and survive. And, and nowadays with, with the drugs and the alcohol and the sex and the, you know, all of the recreational stuff that, that goes on there and the internet and cyberbullying and everything else and the suicide we just want them on the other side of this this time safe and in order to do that we have to earn the place in their life where we are that first phone call and this is really what we're going to be talking about after the break the break is what it is the eight things that we're doing that's actually sabotaging you having that place in their life where they're going to feel safe enough to put that first phone call through to you at two or three in the morning or at midday where they feel unsafe and they found themselves in hot water because you know what we all did it but we want to be that number one phone call so stay with us you're here with nicole and kim on relationship radio and after the break we're going to talk more about what it is that we're all doing that's damaging our relationships with our teens your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Are you a fan of Relationship Radio? Are you ready to take your relationships to the next level? Perhaps you are still struggling with relationships in your life or struggling with your self-confidence or some negative thinking. We can assist you. Our Shape Up Coaching Program is available to our listeners all over the world. We offer private one-on-one coaching, group coaching, and family group sessions where we teach you about your shapes and how to really strengthen, build, and nurture each of your relationships. Discover how to resolve conflict, how to overcome fear of confrontation, and really work on your self-esteem like never before. For information about your coaching options, or if you're interested in becoming a certified coach to work with Kim and Nicole, send us an email, info at 12shapes.com. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Relationship Radio. To reach Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles or their guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. 
That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to info at 12shapes.com. Now back to Relationship Radio. Welcome back. You're with Nicole and Kim. We're talking today the ways that we sabotage our connection and damage our relationships with our teenagers. So let's get into it, Kim. We've, we've listed down eight ways that, that we do the behaviors, the unbalanced behaviors that we all have. Now, the first one is we have emotional and immature reactions when we get triggered into anger and fear. Yeah, and and I have to tell you, I see a lot of parents behave this way, especially when their fear gets triggered. They lose it. They chuck a wobbly, as Nicole always says. Yeah. Uh, they they end up reacting so immaturely, and I have to tell you, kids watch this, and they can see it, and they lose respect for you really fast when you're emotionally out of control because of your fear and you start screaming or, or creating just dr- self-pity or drama, uh, their eyes roll back in their heads. And, and seriously, in the moment when we're having those kind of meltdowns, we can't see it. It, it feels justified at some level to be that out of control. But I think we've I all done it. Like, we've we've yeah. stuck there and we've said, now stop yelling and stop carrying on. And then in that moment, we're like, well, look at you. You're carrying on like a pork chop as well. And I think that's that's really the disconnection that happens. Um, our, our kids see us doing exactly what we're telling them not to do. Well, okay. So no, that, that we're going to get to the hypocritical because that's a whole nother one. But you're totally right. I've caught myself screaming at my kids, stop yelling at me. I mean, seriously, <laughs> how can we Miss not irony. see? Stop yelling. Well, we're screaming. It's ridiculous. And and this is the truth. And we've done some of our most listened to shows that we've done, Nicole, have been on processing emotions yeah. and learning how to, to actually process and work through them, not just express them. Because, yeah, I get that you're upset, but expressing that and making it bigger and screaming and it's not doing anybody any good whatsoever. So if you haven't listened to some of our shows about how to process emotions in a healthy way, I beg you for the sake of your your parenting and your family to go watch the listen to those shows. And then we've got to work on getting our own fear under control because that. Our, our fears of failure and loss are what trigger this immature, dramatic behavior. So if you fly off the handle and behave this way often, you've got to figure out what your fear triggers are. Are you afraid of looking bad? And whenever you're going to look bad, you just lose it. Are you afraid of losing your kids? Are you afraid of failing? Whatever it is for you that brings on this immature behavior, this is your work. And your child is the perfect teacher and is going to keep triggering that over and over and over until you learn how to deal with it and work on your fear issue. Does that make sense? Yeah, I really think this is something that we didn't get taught at school. (laughs) I remember teachers overreacting. I remember people of all ages and, and I'm receiving criticism at those tender ages myself and looking around me thinking I have people in every area of my life who are doing exactly what it is that they're, that they're telling me I shouldn't. And I think, you know, we all have to take responsibility at some point to say, this is my journey. This is what I need to learn. This is why this is happening to me. And if we do that as parents, we step into a whole different level of understanding and connection with, with our kids. 
Absolutely. And and I really believe it's true that they're going to keep triggering it. If it's something you need to work on, it's going to keep happening until you work on it. So just bite the bullet. <laughs> Get to work. So um, this one, Kim, yeah, I ahead. have to tell you, this one's really important to me. Okay. And, and as we're preparing for this show, this was really something that I put out there as an intention to really spend time on and to really connect with our listeners about. And that is parents get into control. We all get into control when we feel afraid. And so that's what we try to do with the, our kids, particularly these teenagers. We're so terrified about the choices they're going to make, the influences that they have, the friends they're hanging out with. We're so afraid that they're not going to make anything of themselves and they're going to miss opportunities and they're too lazy and that they're not really seeing things accurately. There is so much fear there that we step into being controlling. And what we hear, Kim, with all the teenagers that we work with is that their number one thing that they're seeking is freedom. And it's freedom and rebellion, I think, is often some a point of confusion for a lot of parents because we perceive their fight for freedom as their rebellion. But what it is is that nobody likes being oppressed. And when you try to control, they start beginning to act up. And you were sharing with me a few weeks ago about a rodeo that you went to when you went to a conference in Texas. And I, I have this visual in my mind of what were they trying to do and, and the bucking that happens when these uh, these riders get onto these horses and onto these bulls is they buck up. And that's ex- our experience with our teenagers, Kim, when we're trying to oppress them. Yeah. And, and I've said this for years, Nicole, you can have a, you can have control or you can have connection, but really you can't have both. And, and, at the end of the day, control is really a delusion. You really can't control children. As a matter of fact, you can force them to go to the in, in their bed, but you can't force them to sleep, right? And you can make them sit at the table, but you can't make them eat what you just cooked. You can't make them swallow it. I mean, control is a delusion. But the more that we try to control, we create a place where you're, it feels like your need for control is more important than your relationship with them. And that's the message that comes through to them. You care more about control than you do me. So, of course, you're not going to have a connection. You're not going to be a safe place if that's the message you're sending. And really, what you want more than control is influence. And the only way to have influence is to have connection where they trust you and they'll actually talk to you. If you don't have that, you have no influence. And and control is so funny. It sometimes looks like it works because they do what you want when you're there demanding it. But when you're away from them, they're going to do whatever they want. They're probably going to do the opposite of whatever you were trying to control. What I want is influence to help my children learn how to make good decisions for themselves so they make good decisions when I'm not there. So this this is really where my passion lies, is that we don't want discipline. We want self-discipline. And the self-discipline only comes from having the freedom to test the limits and set their own boundaries. We cannot expect our kids to self-regulate if they don't get a chance to do it. And so we have to look at our behavior around parenting. Are we so on top of them and reminding them about our own limitations that we're stopping them from actually nudging the sides and, and feeling the influence and the consequence of that? People have heard us say on the show before that we need to facilitate a fall. And this has been something that a lot of it's been new to a lot of parents, Kim. Now, what we're saying is that we have to allow our kids to fail. 
We've got to let them to feel those um, feelings of remorse and shame and disappointment and regret and, and do it in small little ways that we can they can then learn from it instead of being saved and rescued from us from um, from the parents all of the time. It's only through the school of hard knocks and they're actually feeling and testing those boundaries that they'll actually then understand what it is that they want, who it is that they are, Kim, and therefore have the, the passion and the strength to pursue hard things. Now, we want our kids to be resilient. We want them to try hard new things. We want them to, to pursue with hard things. But they won't do that unless it they actually get to feel that sense of achievement and success and also that, that experience of disappointment and failure. Now, regret is something that comes only through experience. And if we want our kids to be driven and on task and really making something of themselves, they have to feel what it feels like to be the opposite of that. Yeah, and you really want to give them real-world lessons while they're in your home. For example, if they want a cell phone, that's great, but they have to earn, they have to be earning the money to pay for the cell phone and the plan that they're on. And if they don't pay their bill, their cell phone needs to get shut off so that they are learning how to be adults in the real world and how it works. And I would much rather teach them that lesson at home than wait until they're out in the world and they learn that lesson and it affects their credit. And it, it, the lessons become more expensive. They're, they're much less expensive if they learn them while they're really young. And that's really our number one job as a parent is to prepare them to be adults in the real yeah. world. I completely agree. And I think more than anything, instead of the expectations around success of what it is that we want our children to be, our number one goal should be that we have happy, functional, healthy children. And the only way that they do that is to have the freedom to work out who it is that they are and what it is that they want. And so the only way to achieve that is to actually lift this control that comes from our own fear and allow them to make mistakes, facilitate the fall, allow them to have the heart of school knocks, as you just said, underneath your roof so that they can learn and be inspired to be better people. Yeah. Okay. Now, I want to just catch everybody up. So these were our eight ways to lose connection and lose influence with your teen. The first was your immature, overblown emotional reactions. If you have those, that's going to damage your relationship. Uh, number two was was to try to force them and control them. And number three is similar, engage in power struggles all the time. And it always makes me laugh when I watch parents in these power struggles because these kids, they have more power than you think that they do. And if you start it, boy, they will... They'll fight you tooth and nail to the end. You really don't want to have your relationship full of that kind of conflict. That is not a connected relationship if it's a constant power struggle. So we got to get out of that. We got to be able to set that aside and figure out what it looks like to create connection. And it it really involves a lot more listening and respecting them and showing up for them. And you got to set aside your need to win and to be the boss, to, to be obeyed all the time if you want connection because you can't have both. Now, Kim, I want to talk about a few of the shapes because a few of the shapes are actually better at this than what you may be. So rhombuses and uh, octagons and circles, they're very, very good at arguing. They're very good at talking and thinking fast. And they will actually, they have more attachment and even crosses as well. They have more attachment to being right and to winning than even what it's about. And so if you find yourself that you've got a little three-year-old and you think, goodness me, I've just been negotiated. And, and I said, 
you know, no to ice cream. And, and now this kid has ice cream in his bowl. How did that even happen? Yeah, you've got a little circle. <laughs> and these circles have the gift of the gab. You may find that these guys run rings around you. I have a cross in my life and the cross, I find myself on the other side of a conflict going, how did I even get here? Because they're just so good at, at convincing me that their way is right. And that this should be the only way that it, it should be. And you, I'm, I, you know, why would I even think that it would be any other way? So if you have this in your home, and it does, it looks like intense power struggles a lot of the time. You've got to look at that and learn about this shape, learn about your own. Maybe you're just not as good at conflict and, and conversation as what these guys are. Yeah, Nicole, I had a parent the other day who has a, a child that's a square and a child that's a rhombus. And, and I, I had to just laugh. I mean, these those shapes will not let you be the boss and control them. They and they don't they don't care what you take away. They don't care what how you punish them. That still won't have leverage. They will do what they want to do. And so, you, parenting those shapes, you really have to let go, don't you? You've got to do it the right way and not try to have power and control, but logically help them make the right decisions for themselves. Because you'll never win in a power struggle. No. And again, remembering what's the goal? The goal is for them to be healthy, happy and functional without you, which means that you they need to at some point learn how to set their own boundaries and what they're going to accept and what they don't. So allow them to try it on for themselves instead of engaging the power struggle. Let them make the decision and let them have the consequence. Now, sometimes that's hard because you want to rescue them. But I've done it recently. I've let my little girl have dairy and she's intolerant to dairy and she kept fighting us about it well you know what you go ahead and you have it and now you have the consequence and now she doesn't want dairy sometimes we've got to do that kim we've actually instead of engaging in the power struggles we've got to get back to logic and let them have the experience let them do the learning on their own yeah i i heard you the other day telling a client about letting your your other daughter stay up real late she didn't want to go to bed at a decent time but you expected her to get up the next morning and do everything the way the family does. And she figured out pretty quick that she was tired and grumpy the whole day and that maybe this doesn't work for her to stay up so late. So, again, yeah. great lesson to teach them while they're young. I yeah. Love it. And, again, the consistency is everything. The way we do one thing is the way that we do everything. And it's the same with kids. When they learn to do things the right way, they then will consistently do it the right way. But they have to have their own experience. We've got to remember we were that age once too. And what was your behavior like? What it is that you wanted more than anything? And we hear from our teenagers, I just want freedom. Well, freedom is the ability to explore who it is that I am and what it is that I want in my life. It's not about me necessarily wanting exactly opposite to what my parents be uh, wanting for me. It's not me wanting to be rebellious. I just want the freedom to work it out myself. Yeah. Nicole, I had so many teens over the years that I've had to tell them, I want you to ignore everything your parents say for now because they've been doing the opposite of everything their parents said. If the parent wanted this, then they chose the other. And I said, it's time to just ignore what they say and figure out what you want, what kind of life you want, and how to get it on your own. And you know what? Most of them are smart enough to recognize that they don't want a life that's going, that's what they're going to get if they keep going down the road they're on. They want great things for themselves, and we just have to give them the space and the, and the chance to figure out what that is. So lots of great listening conversations where you ask lots of questions can really get you there. 
Um, Nicole, before the break, let's hit one more of these um, what not to do so that you can have connection and influence with your kid. Uh, The fourth one is tell them the same thing over and over and over. And what I'm really talking about is lecturing them. And, and I've seen so many parents do this where they just go on and on and on and on. And it's an hour-long lecture over this thing. And the kid tuned out five minutes into it because they get it. They know. They can see it. They don't need it repeated and repeated and repeated and, and beat into them. And what they really need you to do in those moments is to stop lecturing and start asking questions and listening. Would you agree? I completely agree. And I actually had this situation with my youngest this week. She said, Mom, I know. I don't want to hear your words anymore. Just hit me and it'd be easier. And I said, hit? We never hit. What do you want about? She said, yeah, other families hit. I'd rather you just hit me and then I can cry and it's over than have to listen to your voice. And this is a little seven-year-old, right? Wow. So I got told by my seven-year-old. <laughs> but, you know, she's right. And I think a lot of, uh, of us are, are more likely to do this than others. So I know squares and arrows, we're naturally very good at teaching. We've got a lot of patience. We like to tell things over and over again because I didn't hear us the first time. We'll put in a different word and we'll present it differently. But you know what? We They're actually smarter than what we, we give them credit for. Oh, so especially your we, seven-year-old. Boy, she is sharp. She's super She's Yeah, she's, <laughs> yeah, she's my perfect teacher. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> But, you know, we have to get to a point where we trust them. And, you know, if you get told the same thing over and over again, you eventually get offended by that as well. So this is what's happening with our kids. So above all, remember, just be effective in your consequences rather than in your own behavior instead of your words. That's going to have more influence than lots and lots of dialogue. True. I actually think we mess up the lesson. We need to let the universe and the consequence teach it and say nothing because then it becomes about you being right and they miss the lesson completely. Yeah. And we all know because we're adults uh, listening to this call today. The best teacher is life itself. Absolutely. Okay. We've got to take a break, but stay with us here on Relationship Radio. You're with Nicole and Kim. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you a fan of Relationship Radio? Are you ready to take your relationships to the next level? Perhaps you are still struggling with relationships in your life or struggling with your self-confidence or some negative thinking. We can assist you. Our Shape Up Coaching Program is available to our listeners all over the world. We offer private one-on-one coaching, group coaching, and family group sessions where we teach you about your shapes and how to really strengthen, build, and nurture each of your relationships. Discover how to resolve conflict, how to overcome fear of confrontation, and really work on your self-esteem like never before. For information about your coaching options, or if you're interested in becoming a certified coach to work with Kim and Nicole, send us an email, info at 12shapes.com. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Relationship Radio. To reach Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles or their guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. 
That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to info at 12shapes.com. Now back to Relationship Radio. Welcome back. You're with Nicole and Kim here today on Relationship Radio. We're talking about the eight things that we all do that create disconnection and damage our relationship with our teenagers. If you're just joining us now, you're going to want to go back to the beginning of the episode. But just as a recap, we've talked about uh, any emotional and immature reactions that you have when you're in fear or when you're in anger, it loses respect. The second point that we had today was to trying to control them and, and be forceful and control instead of letting them be free. The third one, we engage in power struggles that we're never going to win. There are some shapes that are better at it than others. And the last thing, just before the break, we we're talking about that repetition, telling them the same thing over and over again instead of letting life be the teacher. Now, the number five, our tip uh, here is be you're, you're being hypocritical. You say one thing and you do the other. What's your behavior like? Now, really, we all lose credibility when we don't practice what we preach. And guess what? Our kids notice more than anybody else. They do. They learn much more from watching you than listening to what you say. So also, you have to keep that in mind. They're going to follow what you do. Your example is is doing more of the teaching. But I can't tell you how many times we hear this from teens that my, my parents are such hypocrites. They, they yell and scream that I need to do these things, but they don't do them. Um, and like we said earlier, we've all been yelling at our kids saying, stop yelling, right? And, and we miss so often that we're not modeling that good behavior. And that is our number one job, I think, as a parent, Nicole, is, is to model adult good balanced behavior. That's what they need from us more than anything is to show them how to process emotions and deal with situations in a calm and mature way. And, and we can't expect them to learn to do something we don't know how to do. I completely agree with that. And I think this is an interesting challenge for a lot of parents because the world that they live in is different from the world that we were brought up in. The, the things they're facing now are different from what we were facing at that same age. And so we really need to be the one that bridges the gap. So how good are you with technology? And what are your boundaries around technology? Are you addicted to your phone too? Yet you expect that they are to put their phone at nine o'clock and put it in the cage and not get it until seven o'clock in the morning. If you have an addiction to technology, guess what? You can't you know, call them on their own addiction. So we have to understand the world that they're living in. And that really means that you've got to bridge the gap. So get online, speak to other parents, speak to resources that are out there and do some reading and, and learn what it is that, that they're actually facing. What's going on? Uh, they, I was listening um, to a podcast the other day by a very um, well-known uh, Australian um, kids author who was saying that, you know, the, the parenting game is so different that what, the things that we were doing back in the day, they take four years off it. That's when they're doing it. So think about when you lost your virginity or when you tried the first cigarette or alcohol and minus four years. Now that's kind of scary, but if that is what we're really looking at, then we actually have to get out there and actually realize what are these kids experiencing? What's the social peer pressures? We've got to bridge that gap. And we're going to start talking about all of those things way younger than we think we do, for sure. Um, Nicole, the other piece I want to put in here about not being a hypocrite, we're not going to be perfect. On occasion, all of us are going to behave badly or make a mistake. And you and I talk about this a lot with our kids. We've really found the value of a sincere apology, getting vulnerable enough to tell your child, I really behaved badly there. I lost it. I was out of control. That was immature. I can see it now. Can you 
forgive me and give me a chance to grow and, and do better? Would that be okay? That kind of vulnerability really creates connection, which is what we're after. If you do blow it, just own it, right? So this has been really hard. When we presented our parenting events and and our seminars, that we hear all the time that this is the hardest piece because we are all uncomfortable with our own vulnerability and we want our kids to put us on a pedestal on some level, but it's very unrealistic. And so the question I often give to our audience is, do you want your kids to know the real you or do you want to be this perception? Because one day you're going to be six foot in the ground, they're going to be crying at your grave. I want my kids to at least know, you know what? I know who my mom was. I don't want to listen to all these stories from all her friends and that was not the experience of the mother that I had because she was too busy trying to be perfect. Yeah. Me perfect. Right. That's and huge. So the vulnerability piece is really hard. And I think, again, that the really powerful part about this is if you model sincere apologies, you model emotional resiliency, you can actually come back from failure and mistake and be stronger and better and wiser. That's really what they're going to learn from you. You know what? Mom went through this, but you know what? She's got it right this time, you know, or she's trying to be better and she hasn't worked it out yet, but she's every day she keeps trying. My mom's a good person. My dad's a good, noble man. He provides for his family. Whatever it is that you, the values that you so desperately want them to to think about you, well, how do you actually do it? And are you actually modeling and, and stepping up into those shoes that you want them to respect? Wow, that's super powerful. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about the next one, Nicole. It's it's to be disrespectful to them and talk down to them. And we talked before the break a little bit about how teens, about thirteen and fourteen, and maybe I'm maybe I need to take four years off that, Nicole, because maybe this is happening younger than I realized. I was just about to tell you, my ten year old has turned this corner just in the last few weeks, uh, and we're experiencing all kinds of fun times in our house um, because she does. She wants to have her opinion heard and she wants to be validated for the way that she is. Just this morning before I jumped onto um, the radio, she I saw her making a sign for her area, which was these are the sign, you know, these are the rules for my bedroom and that you don't touch my stuff and you don't eat and drink in here. And, and what is that? That's her trying to exercise her boundaries, her right to have her things her way. And I get a choice to either respect that or to talk down to that. Uh, obviously, there's going to be issues that come up as a result of that. But the language, and again, don't forget the tone of the voice in which I communicate with her is really going to let her know whether I respect that boundary or I don't. You know, Nicole, I've heard from parents who've heard our philosophy have said, yeah, but I'm still the parent and I, I get to lay down the law and I deserve to be respected for my role as a parent. And I, we agree with all of that. But any discipline or counsel or correction or anything you want to say to your teen can be delivered in a way that still respects and honors them. And the the real key to doing that is our next tip, which is to um, talk more than you listen is that is the negative how you, how to destroy your relationship. So we want you to listen more than you talk. and and I have to tell you this one thing, will change your life with your kids if you can make sure in every conversation that you've asked more questions and done more listening to them than you've done talking. That is the key to having connection and influence. And 
And anything that you want to communicate can be handled in a way where you ask a lot of questions and listen. And, and honestly, real smart parents are able to, by asking the right questions, get their kids to figure out the right answer without them even ever having to even say it. And, and that is the best way for these kids to learn. Would you agree? I agree. And I think that the turn of voice and the way that we speak to our children really matters. I know that I disrespect people if they don't use my name, if they talk down to me, if they don't use a, a tone of voice in which I feel safe. So I think a lot of it is also we have to rein that in when we're frustrated and our kids are being, our teenagers are being belligerent. You know, we can become so disrespectful just with our tone of voice. I think we've got to remember that they have such value and that we love them and that we just, we love them. We may not accept or like their behavior, but they still deserve, we all deserve to be treated with the respect and with the tone of voice that makes us feel safe. You know, I also think this is a real key to raising confident kids that have good self-esteem. If, if you are a child and you keep finding these adults who actually want to listen to your viewpoint and hear what you think about things, and they're willing to take their time to just listen to you, how important do you feel? I mean, th- that's amazing as a kid that what I have to say is that valued, that even adults want to hear it is a huge confidence booster. And and I really encourage every parent to maybe even play a game on your phone and and have a talk column and a listen column. And after every interaction you have with your kid, I want you to give yourself a point if you talked more than you listened or you listened more than you talked. And just kind of keeping that keeping score on yourself really forces you to make this a habit and to be very mindful in every conversation and and make sure you're doing it. And like nothing will change the amount of connection you have more than this. Wouldn't you agree? I agree because all of us want to be be heard and validated for our, our ideas, even if they're stupid ones. And even if they're ideas we haven't fully formulated, but they're just a thought process, we're allowed to be works in progress. We're allowed to be in a position where we can can be exactly who it is that we are and be respected for that. Now, you know, one number eight is, uh, sorry, I cut you off. No, no, you're fine. Keep going. Let's talk about number eight. Spoil them or make their life too easy. And Nicole, I know this is one that just drives you nuts with a lot of the teens that you work with. We see parents who've, who've thought good parenting was providing this great life for these kids. And, and to be honest, they've done too much, right? They have just provided everything that the kid would want. And what they've really created is a real sense of entitlement, where they expect to get their way and have what they want to need on, on every level. And this does not prepare them to be healthy adults that are ready to face the world. If we make life too easy, we really, we, we don't do our job when it comes to preparing them. So I want you to start looking at ways that maybe you have made life too easy, that you've provided a little bit too much. How could you create some fails in the home, like we talked about earlier, maybe providing a phone, but they have to pay their phone bill. And if they don't, the phone gets turned off. We, we've actually recommended that exact scenario to parents and they just can't do it. The teen just feels like their life is ruined if their phone gets turned off and the parents can't 
do it and turn it off. And, and it's really important, you guys, that we love them enough to let them suffer and not make their life too easy. And we can do that in a very kind, loving way. We don't want you to be a jerk about it. You don't have to to create animosity between two, you and your teen. And I, I tend to have these conversations with my teens a lot where I say, I'm, I'm doing this because I love you and it's my job to prepare you for the real world. And, and I'm so sorry that you made that choice and that now you're, you've earned this consequence. Uh, but this is a good thing in the long run. Trust me, it is. I'm doing it because I love you. And I, and now, I think what I've heard a lot of the time, Kim, is that, and, and I'm working with a few families at the moment with this exact same thing and this same conversation week after week when I'm working with them saying, you are wanting the world to teach them, but you're not comfortable with them having any levels of discomfort. And this is really when it comes down to us holding the work and, and the, the responsibility to do the work. Our children uh, need to learn from hard knocks, They have to, which means you have to be comfortable with them being uncomfortable. And this is the point where a lot of parents go in and rescue their children time and time again, which means that they then learn that we're always going to be there and we're going to rescue them and that makes them entitled. Sure does. Oh, my gosh. Nicole, this show has gone by so fast. We have more content, again, we didn't get to get to. But I, but before we have to go, I want to talk for just a second about our app. The app is going to launch in a few weeks, and, and stay tuned with Relationship Radio so we can let you know when. Um, but it's going to be an amazing help, especially for parents, because you're going to have all this information that you need about, about how to interact with each shape that lives in your home right at your fingertips on the app. It's going to be an amazing resource. I'm so excited for that launch. Yeah, it is. It's going to be a game changer so that when you're in a, in a position where you know that you have been out of balance and you're not parenting at your best, you're going to have a resource at your fingertips to get back into balance and be the parent you want to be. Uh, it's going to be the best resource. And we're going to actually reprint a lot of our uh, blog posts and you're going to have access to all the, the relationship radio episodes too. Yeah, it's all going to be there. All right, well, thank you for joining us again here. We've, we run out of time every week, but we hope that this content is really enriching and empowering you and your relationships. You can learn more about the 12 Shape Relationship System at 12shapes.com. Get in touch with Kim and I there as well. Uh, we have coaching options for you to be able to work with us every single week. All the information is at 12shapes.com. And we hope that you'll be with us again next week for more relationship skills and advice so you can know better and do better. Thank you for being a part of Relationship Radio. We hope you've not only received some great ideas to improve the relationships in your life, but will join Master Coaches Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles again next Thursday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we meet again, have a wonderful week.